0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the 52-week film project. Jake, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. Did you almost forget what our podcast is called, I was going to say... Welcome we- to the... Uh, shit, how many weeks are there in a year?
0: Uh, well, this <laughs> we thing, missed I, one. <laughs> we're out of sync. I should not remember this because we've got to week 10. This is week 10 of our podcast. Shit. I know. We're
1: almost a fifth of the way through this misery business.
0: This Stop <laughs> saying it's a misery business. We need streamers. We need popcorn. It's a celebration.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. We actually haven't... I mean, we've got a bottle of red wine here. Indeed. Which is a which is a staple. We call it our podcast juice.
0: I, I never thought that would make the episodes. But no, no, much. but it's
1: it's in there now. Um, <laughs> but we don't have many snacks, many things like that. We don't we don't tend to eat anything during the podcast. I feel like all the the ruffling and the scratching would uh, ruin the vibe.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm true. not sure
1: if John's capable of editing all of that madness out.
0: No, no, very true. Very Shout true. out, John, the editor. Shout out, John, the editor. Hello, John. Um, yeah. So this week we are reviewing the. A very anticipated for me Teen Titans Go film
1: yeah Teen ex- Titans Go to the Movies Go mate, to the Movies with an yes. exclamation mark on yeah the teen,
0: t- teen Titans Go to the Movies that's how it's pronounced
1: yeah terrible terrible grammar there what are we teaching our kids
0: but hey ho we'll let it slide alright old man it's okay um, <laughs> so yeah um, I'm very excited about this film um I've had a long, long story, long storyline with the Teen Titans. I used to collect the comics, um, like the nineteen eighties comics. They used to be a bit darker than the original film. And
1: it is, D, it's DC, isn't it? And you're a big DC fan.
0: DC is my fang,
1: Yeah, as they
0: say. Yeah, um, and I,
1: D, DC animated stuff. We've already established this podcast has a good relationship with it. We, we really like <laughs> Batman Ninja. We do. Really we're like looking Batman forward Ninja. to Batman Hush, which we were talking about last week.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, oh, speaking of Batman Hush, do you want to start the new segment? Um, part of our podcast yes mate yes mate I would love to the (laughs) news that was a new one that That wasn't
1: as good as last week mate I think if we're going to make that the staple jingle we need to get it a bit you know see um, what I'm trying to do is add
0: a a different harmony every time so then they overlap what and then we just crossfade
1: them all into one exactly so so we're going to do like five different ones we and say we, mer- John's
0: going to cross friends, <laughs> John's
1: going to like, I don't know if that's even the right term, but he's going <laughs> like to merge them all into one, so there's five wills.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Singing the intro. Um, yeah, mate, what's your uh, first bit of news for the week?
0: Uh, so my first bit of news for the week is that um, it's quite an interesting piece of news. Um, so do share. I know. So Scarlett Johansson has just been um, cast in a new film called Rub and Tug. Now this film... Uh. <laughs> yes yes but she's playing in it a transgender man now okay well now she has had for the last three weeks has 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 had lots of attention and attacks um to her by the lgbt community um lots of people
1: have been giving her flack
0: essentially yeah because because there is some idea that in the casting process she was she was trying to get to the get to the role and sort of pushing like actually transgender men out of the role um what her herself or the casting director her herself the casting director is like kind of the project and i think because she's the name she's got the flack for it so So is
1: this almost kind of like the whole um whitewashing of like what should be kind of asian film roles but are taken by people like tilda swinton for example in doctor strange
0: well i think i think that's but, the point like that's on a
1: on a yeah. on a like a agenda basis
0: i think so yeah um and so there's an actress in the tv show amazon tv show transparent named Anne- alexandra billings who um believes that scarlett johansson after after she had apologized which i find kind of odd apologizing for getting the role but not like then leaving the role um or doing anything with doing anything with apology. She yeah, yeah apologize yeah. for the role but still continuing the film it just fine seems to be she didn't need to apologize for that yeah
1: you she, either you either decide it's not a good move to take the role yeah. and bow out or just fucking own it
0: yeah i agree and,
1: and so anyway what, what is well, it she's, winning, she's got
0: um a lot of different things and it, she says is that she transgender she's transgender um a lot of the transparent is a show about um transgender people um Jeffrey Tambor is the main person and that yes. plays a transgender yeah, trans- person
1: the, the Amazon thing right yes. it was really um, well reviewed yeah it's
0: really really got, got never good good reviews it. on it um, but this Billings is basically saying that Scarlett Johansson this Billings this Billings, this Billings um, Scarlett Johansson doesn't understand the strife of a transgender person so so how
1: could she portray it exactly. accurately on the screen it's the
0: age old thing of um, th- this, this came into my mind in terms of the We Will Rock You film, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the new film, sorry, was starring Rami Malek. And and there was a bit of flax saying that, why didn't they cast a a gay man or a bisexual man in that role? And I I think there is understanding in that in terms of affirmative action for redressing previous injustices, et cetera, et cetera. However, I also think that Scarlett Johansson... Might have been the per- right exact right person to yeah. play that person. See, see, that role. see,
1: see. My opinion on it is that acting is acting, and I don't think that just because an actor is homosexual in their own personal life, that means that they necessarily are going to be good at portraying a fictional or non-fictional alternative person of the same sexuality on the screen. Mm-hmm. I think that we should be pushing for more. LGBTQ actors to be getting roles in general, but not solely casting them in their own sexuality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean there's a thing going around. I don't think I don't think a straight actor should be forced out of adopting a gay role in a major blockbuster purely because we should consider other do you know do you know what I mean? But no, then I think yeah. but then I think that's a dangerous line to walk because you do we do need more roles for LGBT actors in Hollywood, but I don't think that those roles should strictly have to be adopting their sexuality in the role. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's very, very true. And if you look at actors like Neil Patrick Harris who gets who goes very against type in films like Don K. Yeah, like he, that,
1: films like, he films like straight roles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think that's the that's a society that I like to see where any sexuality, gender, race can play pretty much any role as long as it's written written within that actor's wheelhouse mm-hmm. um but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i but i also think the, the i think the argument comes from is that the balance is not redressed so is this just perhaps um yeah is this just perhaps Is just this is this just perhaps um just furthering the already the all the the problems in cinema already, if that makes sense. Yeah. Struggles to get my words out there. but No, no, mate. I get it. It's, point.
1: it's a really interesting So
0: point. what was your second, first piece of news?
1: My first bit of news is um, around the film City of Lies. So I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this is the adaptation of a non-fiction novel based on the life of the cop that was surrounding the Biggie, Smalls and Tupac Shakur murders. Ah, Um, and it's been it's been turned into a film with Johnny Depp in the role of the detective and it was due to come out at the start of September um, but it's now been pulled and there is no new release date uh, because of Johnny Depp's kind of recent troubles and he's got he's got a lot of bad PR around him and I did some digging because I thought like fucking hell is is this still the stuff that him and Amber Heard settled out of court or is it is there more to it and i know that he had that crazy thing about spending way too much money and being in massive amounts of debt but it, apparently he is being sued by the location manager on the city of lies film for alleged assault um, oh this gosh. this guy greg brooks is claiming that debt punched him in the ribs twice and verbally assaulted him verbally assaulted him repeatedly on set and then it also comes after he's also being sued by two former bodyguards who claim that the actor didn't pay them properly and put them in toxic situations. I mean, what does that what does that mean? If you if you are a bodyguard to Johnny Depp, what is defined as a toxic situation? Because think- I'm not I'm not disagreeing that this guy is behind the scenes. There's a lot of junk there, there's a lot of baggage, but I'm I'm just Dead. Cu- whether, they, whether he is guilty of this or not, I'm just dead curious to know what is classed as a toxic situation by a bodyguard for Johnny Depp.
0: Do you think that the toxic situation might have been to do with the Amber Heard stuff? in terms of you mean like like
1: the physical abuse stuff
0: yeah in terms of the physical abuse but 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 maybe in terms of like going between the pair or like
1: covering up things or cover that exactly exactly. but then then the thing is how can you sue him for that if you're essentially complicit in covering up an assault
0: well does this go back to what we were talking about last week when with the james gunn controversy in terms of trial by twitter and the facts that maybe everyone is now jumping on the bandwagon because johnny depp's reputation is so tarnished that bodyguards can get, seem to get away with suing him for this and this and this. And he just builds up.
1: Yeah, true. But then maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's more similar to the, uh, maybe it's more similar to the Kevin Spacey case in the idea that, you know, a few things come out and, you know, a lot of people gun for him to be kind of publicly destroyed. But then like, there's a, there's a majority large group of people that sort of think, well, hold on, you know, let's see if these things actually stick and let's see if like, there's a court case or proceedings or whatever. But then after that, out of the woodwork, come case after case after case of alleged incidents. And it's like when there's a certain amount of them piling up, can that all really be fake? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and that was what I thought with Johnny Depp was I'm going to hold off because I think, you know, let's let due process take place. Let's see if anything actually happens. And now... It sounds as if more and more things are coming out of the woodwork about him being quite erratic and quite violent. You never know.
0: It is a scary. Yeah, it's a scary time with Johnny Depp. Scary
1: Dad. world, city of lies, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, What's your second bit of news?
0: Hang on, my phone just locked me out. I will just get. <laughs> I know this is the perfect moment. Here we go. Uh, second piece of news um, is that Hollywood veteran Robert Redford had set, says that his next film will be his last movie. Then he'll he'll act in. Oh really? Yeah. So do you know Robert Redford well?
1: not massively.
0: So the uh, so I don't really know him that well either. I think he's popped up in a couple of films that I've watched throughout my <laughs> 21 short years in this He planet. is
1: acting royalty. I'm familiar yeah, with Yeah, so that. he
0: was in he was um he's in The Sting, which is a very famous yeah, yeah, um, yeah. film and also Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Those his two main um roles. Um and he's now starring in Old Man, The Old Man and the Gun, and that will be his last um, appearance is
1: that a western? Like, what is that?
0: I think that is a. I th- hang on, this is the true story of a criminal who escaped from jail in a kayak at the age of fifty nine before committing more heists. Brilliant. Yeah, that sounds great. What well, what a good film to end on.
1: I'll watch that back to back with the uh, Michael Caine Hatton Garden oh, heist film.
0: That will be incredible. But no, eighty one years old. Okay. Which I think it's it's kind of when 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 I look, I think about eighty one years old. It's like that is a very old time to. There's a very long time to keep on acting, and yeah, yes, maybe yeah, his yeah. best times behind him. But then I always think of Christopher Lee in um, the Hobbit films, where that man was 92 and was and was acting or something. And yeah. then Judi Dench in you've got. Films. I think it is
1: merit. There is merit to an actor that knows when to bow out. Like for example, Daniel Day Lewis. Obviously, you know. One of the most selective actors in terms of projects that he takes, but for good reason because he like he's a, like a multiple Oscar winner. He he seems to nail everything that he does. And a real
0: method actor as yeah, well. He goes really deep yeah, into yeah, those yeah. roles.
1: But he he bowed out. He retired from acting after Phantom Fred, which came out last year, which I, I still haven't watched. I really, really want to see I that film. I haven't watched
0: Phantom Fred either.
1: Yeah, maybe we should review that in an off week where the cinema are a just a bit shit.
0: Yeah, we'll go with that.
1: Yeah, we'll do it. Um, My next bit is just actually an update on the James Gunn firing, which you were talking about. Just Ah, a a few tidbits that I've sort of found circulating in the last week. Um, More people have come out in support of him, which is great. Kurt Russell being one of them, um, sort of saying, you know, he thinks that maybe people are getting a little bit too sensitive and maybe we're being too hard on the wrong people. Um, which okay. i think is cool i also think dave dave batista the uh guy who plays uh, what's the character called in guardians um drax, oh my gosh drax, drax the destroyer drax the destroyer um he has basically come he's been very verbal in the last week and said it's he finds it physically nauseating that disney have fired james gunn and has said that the only reason he is still starring in Guardians 3 without James Gunn directing is because Disney won't let him out of his contract.
0: Oh, Yes, like it's,
1: re- it's really ruffled feathers. Um, but there may be some good stuff on the horizon. Uh, there might be a solution to the problem. Um, a load of people on Reddit essentially came up with this campaign to get this other director, a guy called Jimmy Gunbergo to take over the directing of Guardians 3.
0: So, who is Jimmy Gumbergo?
1: So, basically, Jimmy Gumbergo is a picture that's gone viral of James Gunn with a moustache
0: that's great that's
1: fantastic (laughs) Um, and the idea being that reddit want to sneak james gunn back into the director's seat of guardians 3 by making a false alias for him and if you like i don't know if anyone who's listening has seen the picture it is fucking hilarious but more than anything i look at it and i think oh this is this is just ridiculous and then i look at the picture a little bit more and i think actually like a handlebar mustache really suits james gunn like i reckon if he does come back I think it's kind of like a salute to the fans that have been supporting him. I think he should grow it out and he should fully embrace the Jimmy Gumbergo alias. I think,
0: I think that's what I think that James Gunn could do. It'd
1: be a bit of a fuck you to Disney, but I think it's I think it would be deserved.
0: After the film wraps, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Comic-Con exactly. panels. That's
1: um, have you got a final bit of news? Uh,
0: yes, very quick one. Um, House of Cards has been announced. Um, the new Ooh, season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The poster's out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the poster's out. The poster um, is... Is it Claire Underwood? It is. Have you not have you, watched have, have Cards? Watch I've watched episodes, like, I've watched individual episodes, but I've never really watched it um, fully. This was going to be more of a question to you, is that the, have you seen the new poster? Yeah. It's Claire Underwood in, um, in Abraham Lincoln's, back like, statue chair. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Famous one. Um, it's been announced for uh, 2nd of November. What do you think of the, what do you think of the new direction that's going to go in? So, do you know much about
1: yeah, it? Yeah, no, okay, so, uh, if you haven't watched House of Cards, it, it centers around Kevin Spacey's character, Frank Underwood, and his wife, Claire Underwood, and their ascension to the throne, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, him becoming president. And spoiler alert to people who kind of aren't up to date, at the end of season five, this most recent season, it's kind of after multiple seasons of Frank Underwood getting away with the most devious shit, and covering up murders and all this kind of stuff, he kind of find, his downfall kind of finally begins, and at the end of season five, Claire, by a series of movements, ends up as president. Right. And so I think that they will do it justice. I think Claire is a fantastic character. I think that the season will still be great. But the real problem I have with it, which is the real tragedy of the show really, is that they were building up to this amazing crescendo where this final season would be just watching Kevin Spacey fight for his fucking life as everything tears around. This is my theory anyway. Mm-hmm. Everything falls around, like down around him and his wife kind of takes over like gets him out of the picture and i think it would have been this almost machiavellian like really majestic um series of watching all this build up and then watching him kind of fall from grace um and obviously what they're going to do now with this season is they're going to have claire i i don't know whether they're just going to have claire go from strength to strength and remain as president i don't know whether maybe she will answer for all the crimes that like Kevin Spacey's character has committed over the seasons I have no idea how they're going to write him off the show because if they just kill him off which they could do maybe the president's had a heart attack they could do a PR kind of thing and it could be a whole section of the first episode even if they do that I don't think it's doing the character justice and if they just ignored it and said Frank's no longer in the picture, or didn't even really say anything, or Frank's in hiding, or Frank's you know embarrassed because his wife is now president. Or whatever. I just think that would be shit as well. Mm. So I don't, I don't see what they will do to write off Spacey's role. I'm nervous about that.
0: Yeah, that's. But yeah.
1: I think it will probably be something that is a bit wank for the first couple of episodes, and then it will get back into its stride. It has such a great supporting cast that I think whatever direction they've ended up with. It will be. It will be enjoyable. It just won't be as magnificent as it could have been. I like. I think that if had everything, you know, I'm not saying things shouldn't have come out about Kevin Spacey, but had that not been a situation and this six season progress ahead with him in the role, it, I feel like it could have been talked about as one of the most impressive seasons of television, yeah, the world's ever seen, and I, I think it will be good. It'll be well reviewed, but it won't be that,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is, a, you know, a shame. But what can we do? Yeah. You right. know, don't don't muck around and be creepy and assaulty with a load of people for most of your life, mate. And then yeah, maybe you'd indeed. still be in season six of House of Cards.
0: Indeed. Indeed. <sighs> is that the news? Or that is the news. news?
1: The news. Um, Teen Titans go to the movies. To the movies. Brilliant film. Love um, it. I think we can both agree before we get, a, get, get deep into the nitty gritty that it was a... Th- thoroughly enjoyable film Yeah, really really interesting it worked on three levels really it worked on just being a really good kids film it worked on being a film that had funny enough sarcastic fourth wall less jokes for adults to take their kids to the cinema and watch this and still enjoy it and it had so many pop culture references right from the fucking outset that if you're a big comic book geek you will find a lot of fun in this film
0: yeah I think so I I loved the film I thought that the cast did a fantastic, great, really great job. I thought that Will Arnett as Slade was fantastic. Will yeah. Arnett obviously playing Lego Batman and
1: Bojack Horseman. Exactly. Will Arnett is like the hottest voice actor out there, one hundred percent.
0: And I think he did a really good job in the role. Um, Kristen Bell as Jade Wilson did a really great job as well. Um, what do you think? I, I just thought I just thought the film was so fun. You get there's. The the song numbers and the music that they incorporate into the whole thing is just fantastic. It, it just... is
1: it's kind of like um the family guy musical numbers that they do. They yeah. do these really funny, well-animated musical kind of skits. And the, the context, the the film kind of rests on a fairly basic plot. The idea is it's it's quite meta. The idea is the Teen Titans are the only superheroes out there who don't have, like, a Hollywood movie made about them, while Batman, uh, Superman, even Green Lantern, but they, you know, they make the great joke of, yeah, the Green
0: Lantern. There was a great great Green Lantern movie, but we don't talk about that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, like, very self-aware, but the idea is Robin and the rest of the Teen Titans, um, Raven, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Cyborg. Very well done. Yeah, good thank you. Um, They don't have a they don't have a Hollywood movie and they really want one. And so that's kind of the idea of the film and Robin's kind of pushing that more than the rest of them. Um, and it kind of leads them on this kind of wild adventure of trying to find an arch nemesis, which ends up being Will Arnett's Slade character who they kind of joke for most of the film is basically a B Tech Deadpool. Um, and they do a bunch of music numbers, And it's just fun,
0: isn't it, man? It's a really, really fun time. Yeah, it's uh, like I, my one of my favourite sequences are when they go back in time, and the Back to the Future music plays, and they go to Krypton, and they save the Krypton by by, and by essentially playing the stones. I don't know whatever the the crystals.
1: The the explanation, like the the part of the film where this happens, is basically they've decided that the Teen Titans had this great idea of I know what we'll do let's go back and prevent all of the superheroes from actually becoming superheroes so that there aren't any left so that they're forced to make a movie about it. and then something happens get the
0: time cycles
1: yeah they they, like (laughs) drive off in these time cycles of the Back to the Future music playing and they like it's also it's 2D animation so it's not like the Incredibles or anything like that but it is really beautifully drawn oh yeah it's really colourful really vibrant and really clever and like in with these like they've got these cycles that are going to like drive them back into the it's not even back into the future it's back into the past mate um yeah but they're they're like driving them and they're getting all these colorful lines coming out behind them and they're almost making like the jump to warp speed or whatever but then like they've got these little bars on the bikes that say rad and it's sort of filling up with juice and they're not quite rad enough so they need to keep doing these tricks as they're going along and then they finally do it yeah literally um, but they, ass- they essentially go back in time and prevent all of your favorite DC superheroes from actually becoming superheroes. So, what do they do to prevent Superman from? So being... So,
0: with Superman, they use the cr- they Jor El is trying to save the planet with you by using these crystals and they play the crystals like an EDM song and in the cinema I saw it with my friend Tom and we were just like rocking out to it it was it was great. it is really and funny the next it's one like... aquaman is is there's <laughs> aquaman they're having like some beers on the it's
1: side so of a pier nasty. and they throw the plastic it's actually like quite a quite an important <laughs> narrative point in this day and age environmentally but they throw the like plastic that can like holds the uh, beer cans together into the ocean and aquaman gets caught in it and fucking drowns yeah it's really morbid and then the best the best one, oh. the best one is the batman one you will never be able to go and watch a batman film ever again and take the like um what's the name of the parents it's um martha, martha and, and uh,
0: John? No. John
1: no, not John Wayne. John, <laughs> John that's not, why I said John! It's definitely that's not because, John oh, Wayne.
0: Martha and I'm, I'm um, such a comic book pan, how do I not know this? Oh, uh, Martha and Oh fuck. Oh my god. Keep on talking, we'll come back to
1: All it. Alright, but anyway, like th- you'll never be able to watch that whole sequence where they get shot in the alleyway after going to the theatre and take it seriously because what basically happens is the teen titans um stop them from going down scary alley and convince them to go down happy alley but then after this whole montage where they've like prevented the superheroes from becoming super they return back to their like regular day and everything has been destroyed because no one's kept the supervillains in check. So they then go back back in time to make them all super again, which means that they go back to Krypton and fuck up the EDM song that was played perfectly and just break all the crystals. So then Carl gets sent to Earth. yeah And then
0: Save Aquaman.
1: Yeah, they they like take the yeah, they take the plastic off Aquaman. And then and then, and then with the Batman one, they go back. And they not only direct the parents down the scary alley, but one of them puts the pearl necklace back on Martha Wayne's neck, which is obviously the eponymous, like that's the thing that's being tugged away the by the robber when she gets shot. The and yeah, it's and very that's like the most iconic, like, Superhero origin moment. I think there is.
0: I gasped in the film. I was like, I, I
1: was like, believe no, you can't do this. this, like, this is yeah. really towing the line. Yeah,
0: I, I think it shows how much a testament. Um, sorry, it shows how big a bigger film Teen Titans Go is, and also how much love um, a lot of the creators have. That Stan Lee, the very famously Marvel um, tycoon of all the Marvel <laughs> films, shows up for. Like he's in two scenes. He this makes
1: film. a cameo, doesn't he?
0: He makes a cameo. First of all, the cameo is just in the background, sort of waving, etc. And he goes up to the camera, takes it, it's like, "Hi, I'm Stan Lee. I'm taking my eponymous cameo." Yeah, yeah I'm taking my really
1: long overdue cameo in this in this Marvel film. Oh wait, this is a DC film. I've got to get out of here. It's
0: so good. It's so good.
1: <laughs> there was a bit. There's a bit at the beginning as well where the film is literally the credits of the film, and I was like howling with laughter. And because this this film, I don't know about you, Will, but when I looked it up in Odie and cinemas, it was only on during the day. Yeah. So I went and watched like a midday showing it, which is really shit. It should be on in the evening, but it's clearly not got enough fan base. But uh, I went and saw it like midday and there was like maybe a handful of other people in there and it was all parents with their little kids on summer holidays. And I was there with like a big bottle of beer (laughs) and like ready to like, take all these pop culture references in and it, it literally it starts with like the kind of they do the traditional credits of like the, the producers of the film and everything like that they all have their little animations at the start of the movie and it starts showing the marvel one which is where like it's flipping through the comic books and then it then eventually turns into the marvel studios logo <laughs> but it just keeps flicking the comic books and you think like for a second you're second guessing you're like wait didn't i just see the dc logo and then it cuts to like a pigeon then what is it like a seagull flicking through like a comic book on a rock yeah and then it just like throws it away in disgust and flies off and that's the opening of the film
0: yeah it just every i what i like about this film is it kind of it kind of trolls you with your expectations of what you're going to get into a dc way but also in dc um well you're going to get into a dc film but it also it's got such a childish sense of humor as well it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you've seen Steven Universe or Adventure Time. Yeah, yeah, the Cartoon Network stuff. Yeah, the Cartoon Network stuff. It kind of reminds me of that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... One
1: of, the, one of the lead writers on it, I have this on good authority, Ooh. but not, not my own. Uh, one of the lead writers on it or executive producers or something like that was um, behind Gravity Falls which is like a really, really critically applauded um, cartoon, kind of like the whole kind of Rick and Morty, very self-aware kind of vibe. Yeah, Um, And it really shows. Like I I haven't watched Gravity Falls. I've watched snippets of it, but it is that kind of, it's a cartoon which is viewable for kids, but it's not really made for kids. Yes. And I really like that. I think that's really important because at the end of the day, the kids that will watch Teen Titans the movie will, sorry, Teen Titans go to the movies. Will, okay. will um, they'll view it on a fairly superficial level? There are fart jokes. There's just like lots of colourful stuff. There's musical numbers, but it's it's operating on a higher level than that, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's a shame that it's not been marked. You know, maybe it can't be, but it, it's not marketed in a way. For adults to go and watch this film and a lot of people will miss out on seeing this film. It might be bigger in the US. It probably is bigger in the US but in the UK this is not a film that the majority of adults or people our age will see. No, which and is a shame. If, yeah, and if you care about the Marvel films and you like some of the DC films, you will derive so much pleasure from watching this movie but it's just not been marketed to you. Yeah. So I do, I honestly urge anyone who hasn't had this on their radar but cares about the avengers films and liked black panther and enjoys deadpool and enjoyed the christopher nolan batman things go and watch this because it is really entertaining
0: this was the thing did you deadpool 2 very again a very meta marvel film Do you think that this touched it at all in terms of the jokes they were making about the Marvel the Marvel universe, or do you think? think
1: Do you think it took the piss out of Deadpool 2? or do you think it was like? No, I'm not saying it was as good.
0: I'm saying does does the meta humor work better in Teen Titans Go, or do you think it worked better in in Deadpool Two?
1: So I like it's interesting because we didn't review Deadpool 2.
0: I think it came out the week before our podcast started. We
1: watched it the week when we started doing the podcast, but we weren't quite ready to review it and we did Solo instead. And I was kind of glad that we did because we both, despite the reviews not being super popular for Solo, we both enjoyed the film, we really vibed off it, and we had a lot to talk about in that opening episode. Had we done Deadpool 2, I was very excited for it, it was one of my most anticipated movies of the year because I loved the first Deadpool. It just didn't connect for me. I didn't think it was very funny, I think it, it was very forced, I think it reached a point where its meta humour, it felt it was so important that it actually wasn't genuinely thinking about the jokes it was producing and it mm-hmm. just felt a bit, it, it kind of felt like it fell on its own sword a bit. Um, I think this was better. I think that the thing with the Teen Titans film was, yes, it has less expectation on it so it can get away with more, but the writing was just sharper.
0: It was sharp, yeah.
1: It was like, there wasn't a lot in this film that wasn't either deliberately funny or critically necessary to the plot. Exactly. There was no exposition. It, It was just like, the only exposition really, which is a really good way of doing it, was in the musical numbers.
0: Exactly, and if that a, a that made needs... it
1: that made it fun. It wasn't like when we were doing Mission Impossible last week, and it was like there would be three minute long scenes where Tom Cruise is sat at a desk watching a like projection onto a wall of "This is your mission. The plutonium is here. You need to get it from Henry Cavill with his three million dollar mustache." <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> that I mean?
0: Mustache there. Oh, mate. Crack, no, yeah, so I, I I completely agree. I think this the writing was sharp for this. I think the meta humor was better. I just think that Deadpool 2 kind of took itself too seriously in a way. Yeah, it did. Um, and, it, and it tried to make the humor try to be maybe darker but it didn't really work as well. Whereas the first Deadpool which there was just a lightness to it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they were playing with the idea of, of of comic book. Whereas this one, whereas Deadpool 2, the marketing was fantastic to Deadpool 2 as we talked yeah, about. Yeah, it was
1: brilliant. Right, absolutely, One of the, the best Celine marketing campaigns. Very in your two. face, but if you like it and you're geared towards that kind of humour, it was fab.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's what I think explains why it was such it was such a success at the box office. Um, but Teen Titans Go, it just was a bit smarter and it just it just knew the movie it was trying to create yeah. and just continued going. And,
1: and for me, it came out of nowhere. I remember about two months ago we saw the trailer for this film and you were like, this looks really funny. And I was like, yeah, it does look really good. Should we like, we'll review it and we've had this on the back burner for a while and it was really nice for the, th- this was a nice i forgot i forgot about it for a while and it was a nice surprise to come round to And it was just, yeah, it was good, all-round entertaining. I also thought, like, going back to the exposition briefly, because I'm just looking at my notes that I took when I was in the cinema. I was a rebel. I was on my phone, mate. Um, I should have been kicked out. Uh, But there was a bit. There was a bit where they... um, A lot of it was like Rick and Morty-esque humour. Like, there was the bit where it was like, they're in the cinema and they're announcing the different Batman spin-off films. And Robin keeps thinking that it's going to be about him. And it's like... uh, Batman's number one sidekick. And then it like, Robin like jumps up onto the screen. It's like, it's me. It has to be me. And then it goes, Utility Belt, the movie. And it's like, it uh, fits so much stuff into it. Yeah, like, right that, and that was so Rick and Morty. And then there was like, there's a bit where, um, I've just got it written. I can't remember where it was in the film, but it was a bit where someone says, ah, the Petronius crystal, the perfect plot device. Ah, oh. And that, that's so great. That is so great. It fully acknowledges the fact that there is just this bollocks bit of the plot where Slade, the villain, is trying to steal this thing from different areas. and The Teen Titans keep trying to foil him. And there isn't really any... Re- the, the, like, the thing that he's stealing has no impact on the plot whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just a reason for them to be there meeting. And I just love the fact that they acknowledge it. They completely own it.
0: What do you think of Slade Wilson? Sorry, Slade. Slade Wilson is his actual name in the comics. Um, what do you think of Slade being the best drag queen of all time? What do you mean? Well, he's Jade, isn't he?
1: Oh yeah, mate. He should go on
0: RuPaul's Drag Race. I was stunned and shocked and gagged and gooped. It was that's again <laughs> drag kind for of technology. Um, but no, yeah, it, I, I, he's a drag queen. Slade is a drag queen.
1: Yeah, isn't that no, what I think? It is good, it, I, and I like that. It's a good twist,
0: isn't it? I yeah, I thought the twist would be because there's a, in the comics there is a character called Terra who is Je- who is um, who is Slade's daughter who is a Teen Titan and then betrays the Teen Titans for um, for for her father. So I yeah, thought it was yeah. going to be some play on that, but actually, actually, no, no it's just Slade. It just sort of works for the but whole thing. Like
1: I, I, just, I again, like I'm looking at my notes, and some of these, so, uh, some of these bits were so funny. Like in the opening scene where there's the giant balloon man who's stealing money from the bank, and he just says like, "Time to inflate my bank account," <laughs> and then like runs off with the fucking and I vault. I thought that was
0: very sort of Batman and Robin, on like <laughs> the original it was really 1960s. Good. Yeah, and then do you know who plays the balloon man? No, Greg Davis. Greg Davies Greg Davies Really Yep Oh speaking of Greg Davies You know the new season of Cuckoo's out Season 4 Season 4 <gasps> of
1: Cuckoo's out Mate This is not the news This is this is the news Yeah um, Okay cool We need to watch that No that's right Like great. now Yeah <laughs> The rest of the episode Is just us watching Cuckoo And going Oh my god Um Another bit was there's the bit where they go on set to film the Teen Titans movie and all the Teen Titans start beating up Slade and then they knock the mask off and the guy goes, guys, I'm not Slade. It's just me, Shia LaBeouf. And then one of them goes, Cyborg goes, that's even worse. (laughs) They start beating him up even more. Yeah, this, yeah. Oh, this. mate! I thought it was so funny. Um, I really, really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. Um,
1: what, should we go on to critic quote awards? Well, just then? quickly,
0: go I just on. wanted to talk about the before we go on to critic quote awards. I just want to talk quickly about the um, the post credit scene for Teen Titans Go.
1: See, I wasn't there for it, I so know. you're gonna have to. So
0: this is the spoiler. So Teen Titans Go is a spin off um, from. Original Teen Titans TV show, which was like a more of a young adult. They
1: look a bit more mature in that the characters, exactly. right?
0: Yep. The last scene of the post credits scene, the last scene of the post credits scene, um, was the Teen Titans coming back, the two thousand three, two thousand six, young animate, young young teens, animated people, and it just comes back as like a video message. Um, you know the fuzzy screen, and then it's Robin talking to the screen, and then it's there's a fanfare, and it goes. So I think they're bringing back either a movie of the Teen Titans sh- show, the original, or they're doing the TV show again. And I've just got the I've just got the goosebumps doing it because the Teen Titans I think are my favorite comic. Teen really? Titans Go was never my, really my thing because I grew out of Teen Titans Go because it started in 2013, I think Teen Titans Go, but I grew out of them before I really. Like I, I was old. I was, I was a teenager before I was like watching the show. But Teen Titans comics are fantastic. They explore so much of the interesting mythology. The Teen Titans comics of old, they really explored the dark side of it. I mean, I mean, the the guy who plays Arsenal, who is, um, who was Speedy, who was Arrow's sidekick in the Teen Titans, but has a heroin overdose. Um, in in the so it tackles tackles real serious stuff it tackles what was so great about the original comic series is as a teenager reading it it deals with loads of teenage issues written for a teenager rather than written by an adult who thinks this is what teen, teens need to hear yeah yeah, and yeah, I'm not yeah. Saying pro- probably that, the, probably I'm the saying...
1: same probably the same kind of vibe as if you're a young te- if you're a teenager and you're reading like the noughts and crosses books exactly or the cherub books which are like fictional stories that tackle drugs teen pregnancy abuse and all that oh mate those books are amazing do you want to start a podcast just doing the, cher- the cherub books <laughs> mate, oh, should we do a, should we do a spin-off podcast spin-off just like podcast. reviewing the cherub books that's genius Mate, I'm fucking down. Let's <laughs> let's sack off this 52 week. <laughs> Stop saying. No, we'll do it. We'll do it. We've
0: only a... got 42 weeks left, Jake.
1: We'll do it as an aside. Yes, we'll do it. An do it aside. We'll do it after season one of the 52 week film project. If we
0: get big enough, Patreon. But let's not. Patreon. Let's get, get ahead of ourselves. you're me.
1: <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Critic quote awards. Yes. So, best description of Teen Titans. Go to the movies. Um, I have from Adam Graham of Detroit News. And he says it is aimed at elementary schoolers, but is sharp and light enough that any fan of the superhero genre will enjoy its take on the comic universe, and its pokes at superhero conventions. Yep, I think mean, that's pretty fair. Um, I think it's—I don't think it's necessarily aimed at elementary schoolers, but I think it, it like it will find its audience there.
0: Yeah, I think it, that's where the audience can stay. That's where they can get the audience in, and then like us, they'll be. Five to ten people who are yeah, they'll, adults. There'll be and the and baker's
1: dozen that really read into it and enjoy yeah, it.
0: And then there'll be some like ten people who are like DC comic book geeks who will also love it. Um, mine is on very similar vein from Marsha Liederman from The Globe and Mail. While the kids at the screening I attended laughed hysterically at the fart jokes, the parents chuckled at a slight more, slightly more sophisticated humour and the adult geeks ha- howled at the deeper pop culture references. Nice. Yeah, I think it, that's a pretty much something I was up.
1: I was almost about to commend you for not slipping up at all. I, did, I know, but you, you did slip up twice. I know. Ah, uh, well, one week. Maybe we should do. Maybe we should do a raffle for our for our listeners. No, where they can they can pick a raffle ticket from eleven to fifty two and the lucky winner who picks the week where you don't stammer on the Critic Quote Awards gets like, I don't know, um, I feel very... I, maybe like a looped replay of you singing the news
0: <laughs> for like a, a whole minute. whole song. Three minutes. <laughs> three minutes, 20 seconds of different variations on that. Um, oh, what um, I, I, I'll i do the next one better.
1: Go on. So what, what do you... All right, go on and you do it. What, what did you have for most savage
0: quote? Um so this is from Todd Jorgensen from Cin- Cinemalog
1: Todd Jorgensen Todd
0: Jorgensen yeah. <laughs> Todd Jorgensen does sound like a sort of Swedish porn director Todd
1: Jorgensen sounds like I don't know a stage name for Where is this I, don't, I don't know <laughs> some, some, some kind of stunt act with moose
0: yeah very true yeah he's work. He's working I feel on...
1: like he's the kind of guy who would go on Britain's Got Talent with snow dogs and a sledge like, my name is Todd Jorgensen.
0: Yeah, he's the yeah he's the stunt director for like, the Icelandic scenes. In Game Feel of the rhythm. Yeah.
1: Feel the rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> Look exactly. out now, it's Bob's lay time.
0: Okay, right. Um, okay. Well, I'm not going to be able to get through my quote now. It's a disaster. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it without <laughs> laughing. Right, calm, breathe. <laughs> Aimed primarily at children, it's mildly ambitious, but perhaps ultimately proves that it's a wannabe protagonists aren't ready for the big screen spotlight.
1: Oh, so it's criticising the film for its own storyline. Well,
0: no, I thought this was madness because it's like the, the, the own storyline of it is that these kids are not ready for film. And then Todd Jorgensen is saying, yes, they aren't ready for film. Meta. So many meta layers.
1: Jesus, I'm so confused. <laughs> um, my, my most savage quote is from Roger Moore of Movie Nation. No. and it's much shorter than yours, and you probably know what it is. Oh no, is that your funniest? Yes, because it's Roger oh. Moore.
0: It's Roger Moore, James Bond. Yeah, so,
1: <laughs> uh, what's uh oh no no, that's Sean Connery. I'm getting the wrong James Bond. I had a James Bond joke and I thought it was about Roger Moore. What's Sean Connery's favourite sport?
0: I know the joke, but go on. I know. I know. It's... <laughs>
1: Oh, um, best ever. No, so so roger moore from movie nation the only thing he had to say about teen titans go to the movies is simply
0: I. puerile puerile i just, just imagine <laughs> i that man did not enjoy himself that i man's... didn't
1: actually i didn't actually click into the whole review I i'd did. love to know if the whole review is just the one word
0: no it's not i was really sad it's not just the, it's not just the one word Aww. but it is so damning everything's like um i think he says if you want to watch a better film, watch Incredibles two four to five times, and you've you've mm-hmm. lived more of your life than watching Teen Titans go to the, go to the movies once. It, yeah, I know. Roger Moore did not like it.
1: Okay, so that was your funniest quote. So I'll go on to mine. Funniest yeah. quote. Uh, it was just another good observation, mate. I think we need to change this critic quote because most savage and best description are like they're good categories, but I feel like we're always struggling to find a genuinely funny one.
0: We're, think, make, we're making them should funny. We, our own should we way. change
1: it to funniest moment in the film?
0: I'd like that, and then do it before the critics' quotes, or just do it throughout. Yeah,
1: or do it at the beginning or something.
0: Would that because work for like, a film like because like
1: thing? I think it would be better if we <laughs> funniest. Mo- there were funny moments in Hereditary. There were
0: very funny moments. in
1: um, Actually, yeah, but if we're if we're doing something like my sister's keeper, like funniest moment, uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, We'll figure it out. We'll funniest figure it out. moment in moment in anyway, Stars. F-
0: yeah, it wouldn't really work. For
1: now, funniest quote was just another good observation, really. It's from Glenn Weldon of NPR. And he said, If this silly, silly movie accomplishes nothing else, <laughs> it has rendered it utterly impossible for anyone to depict Batman's origin on screen ever again with a straight face. Which just goes off my point of I think it's one of the funniest sequences in an animated film is when they like stop Batman from becoming Batman and then making Batman again. Yeah. And now, now I'm thinking about it that comes to mind There's another bit in that whole superhero montage where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Are just turtles crawling. They're they're crawling out of the sewer towards this like broken vial of like bright green ooze, which is obviously what turns them into teenage mutant ninja turtles. And the Teen Titans just turn the turtles round so that they go back into the sewer. (laughs) Yeah,
0: the the whole film is so funny. The whole film is fantastic.
1: Um, All right, rating at ten. Eight. Yeah, mate. I think it's an eight as well for me. Eight it's fantastic it's it's a really really good film it could be longer and the plot could have a bit more impact
0: i think there's a lull i think there's a lull after after the going back to the past thing there's a bit of a lull there where there's not there's it's not as silly it's more plot based etc um however i think the film's great another thing that lets it down is the late batsby
1: Oh yeah, just what a rubbish reference!
0: Yeah, a the rubbish reference. B, what, we, what we're referring to is that it's similar to when we did Incredibles two, and we talked about the pre dis, the pre Pixar film they do. The um in Incredibles two is Bow. In Teen Titans Go, it was the late Batsby, and essentially it's Batgirl, an who's animated
1: late. short at the beginning of the film. Bat,
0: it's Batgirl who's late, and it's terrible. It's, yeah, really, it's really, really bad,
1: mate. C- compared to like, actually, we didn't bring it up, but compared to Bow at the beginning of Incredibles two, which is a myriad of fucking emotions. Oh, amazing! The Batgirl short at the beginning of this film was rubbish. It doesn't end. It was so bad. It ends on oh, like so I, bad.
0: And what I've what, what I found out is there's a is there's a animated tv show with all those characters so it was just an advertisement it was just
1: that yeah that, it, film that was yeah. That meta and yeah it, it, really annoyed it, it me. was a cheap shot it didn't have the same impact as a pixar animated shot before a film did
0: exactly and um, they really had the chance with this type of film to do a very very decently written good animated spoof beforehand to get you into the mindset the
1: film. oh i wasn't even expecting it i was thinking like oh fucking hell is this the start of the movie and yeah. then like thankfully it it moved it on to it quite quickly. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, 8 out of 10, I think it was really fun. I really, really liked it. I think it's one of those hidden gems. I think it's a film that people won't go and see, but should.
0: Really do see um, it. If you're in our generation as well, like the amount of pop culture references that apply to yeah. maybe millennials, as um, but also to people who are 40, 50 years old, who have watched all the Teen Titans things, read the comics in the 80s and et cetera. It's one of those... yeah
1: it's one of those films that I hope generates a bit of a cult status in the coming weeks I hope so because I I hope it's the kind of film where, when it eventually gets announced as on Netflix or something like that, it will be one of those, like you need to watch this film kind of situations. Yeah. I Um, want it
0: to have like a bit of a cult following.
1: I hope it will stand the test of time. And uh, you know, it, 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 it fights a tough crowd with films like the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie. And I think those are probably the biggest comparisons to this film. I think you're right. Um, but it it holds its own and it is really good so hopefully it means that there's more to come and it does its own thing um, I think that's it
0: I think that's it yeah. I
1: think that's it for this week Um, next week we will be reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp which we, we are actually recording after this because me and Will obviously we needed to make up for last week where we missed an episode Yeah um but we also again i'm back on the showground for carfest south next week so i've got a week of not being able to record um wills flat hunting in london so Sorry. we're going to record ant man and the wasp after this as we're uh, progressively getting a little bit more drunk <laughs> um so hopefully it'll be a fun episode yeah i think so um hopefully by the time we release it the majority of people that are listening have actually watched it which means that they'll be able to vibe off us kind of Ruining the film basically,
0: well, especially with the mass amount of um, like a mass amount of hype for this, especially after Infinity War. It might take people two weeks to see the film and get acc- accustomed to what the spoilers are, etc. Exactly, quite useful,
1: exactly. Um, so join us next week for that. Um, again. Uh, we're loving hearing from you guys. We've had some people kind of chatting to us on Anchor. We've had some great responses and great kind of comments and things on Instagram. Um, We really, really do want to start. One of the things we want to push is kind of getting reviews out of the podcast. So If you are enjoying this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to us, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or wherever, if you drop us a little review. Um, we really do appreciate the feedback but we also would love to climb those podcast ranks and see if we can kind of build a bit more of a following so um, please do if you're out there and you care and you're enjoying it Um, and as usual 52 week film project on Twitter Instagram Facebook
0: Spotify the like Um, indeed that is it thank you very much Will that is it (laughs) Uh, that is it thank you very very much and we'll see you next week bye